welcome to Experience Points by University XV. On Experience Points, we explore different ways we can learn from games. I'm your host, Dave Ang, from Games-Based Learning by University XV. Find out more at universityxp.com. On today's episode, we'll answer the question, what is the looserary attitude? We all play games for multiple reasons. No matter what the reason, we agree to a certain set of rules and expectations of play. Some of this involves us entering the magic circle of games. We have to suspend our disbelief in order to become fully enveloped in the game world. However, there is another agreement that we have to make when playing a game. That is the looserary agreement and the adoption of the looserary attitude in gameplay. But what is the looserary attitude? What does it include? And how do we encourage it as a designer and maintain it as a fellow player? This episode will review the looserary attitude of games. It includes a review of play in games as well as an overview of the looserary agreement. Part of this agreement includes players adhering to the rules of the game. While rules are important, formal structures of games, they aren't the only thing that is involved in the looserary agreement. Players' attitudes and mindsets also impact their agreement. This agreement should prevent and discourage players from acting in bad faith when making decisions in games. This episode closes on the social contract and social agreement of games as part of the looserary attitude. Play composes the basic level of activity in games. That's because play represents players' intrinsic motivations to engage with the game, each other, and the environment. Play is involved in all games. Play in general is something of a sociocultural manifestation from what we want, experience, and achieve while playing games. When we play, we engage without direction. However, when we play games, we often have a clear goal, outcome, or achievement that we aim for. Both playing games require that we enter a specific and special place called the magic circle. That requires us to suspend our disbelief. We want to become an entity that is inside the game as well as someone who is experiencing it in real time. Playing means that we don't always have to come away with something physical and tangible. Most of us don't play games for money. We play games because we enjoy them. We don't play for some sort of external reward. Perhaps the biggest takeaway that we get from games is that we become engrossed in them. This represents a perfect harmony between the player and the game where we're engaging at the top of our abilities. This is called the flow state, and it exists right between being bored and frustrated in games. In the flow state, we are challenged to achieve more than we thought we could. This flow state represents something that is part of play that isn't always linked to a biological need to play games. Nor is it something that we feel compelled to routinely seek out and experience. But when we're in the flow state, we feel entranced. We want to keep playing the game. We don't want to leave. However, sometimes that trance of the flow state is broken when we lose, fail, or otherwise upset the balance in the game. These failures from players come about when we are defeated by our adversaries, when we run out of time, resources, or sometimes even patience. But these failures are often part of what makes the game engaging. We accept these failures as consequences for our continued desire to continue playing the game. So we have to make a decision to continue playing but we have to play by the game's rules. Those rules state that we have to achieve, accomplish, or satisfy the objective of the game using the means provided to us. Often those are inefficient means. Why should I have to hit the baseball in order to run around the diamond? Can I just tap home plate and score a run? Of course, any player could do this, but that wouldn't follow any of the rules of the game. Would that even be fun? Pursuing these inefficient means of accomplishing the game goals is the next choice that players make in the magic circle of games. This includes our tacit approval of the looserary agreement. The looserary attitude of players is informed and shaped by their looserary agreement in the game. 
That illusory agreement is based on player's decision to play the game by its established and socialized set of rules. This is based on the Latin word ludus, meaning game. The agreement comes from players' understanding and acknowledgement that they will play the game according to its rules and to the best of their abilities. The illusory agreement begins with players acknowledging that they will play the game according to its established rule set. It further acknowledges that players accept these rules as the inefficient means of achieving the game's objectives. For example, in golf, the objective of the game is to drive the ball from the tee into the hole. Players agree to drive using a set of clubs. They do this instead of throwing the ball or walking directly to the hole and placing it there by hand. Golfers acknowledge that they will pursue the objective of the game by following these rules. However, those are the established rules for the game that players must abide by. But everything else is up to the players. They are free to play the game and thus create meaningful opportunities to make decisions that affect their status and outcome of the game. Players can develop their own tactics and strategies. And if you're like me, you can begin trash talking the other mini golf players in your group. Frustration is an inevitable when it comes to playing really challenging games, especially if you're playing against very skilled opponents. But the illusory agreement of the game and its accompanying magic circle make it so that the actions contained within the game and the results of those actions are limited. Those consequences are constrained to the game and aren't supposed to leave it, just like the results of playing within the magic circle. Video games take the illusory agreement one step further by codifying players' adherence to the rules through a series of automations. Players, of course, can cheat with enough know-how, gumption, and drive, but doing so violates the illusory attitude of the game. That means that even with the illusory attitude, there remains a wide void between players' meaningful choices and what they can and will do within the game. Player behavior is a complex concept. It's made up of choices, constraints, and their own driving factors influenced by their player type. However, all player behaviors begin with the first choice, choosing to play the game by the game's rules. Those rules form the first formal structure of games. The rules are the construct and the structure for how players adhere to the illusory agreement in order to achieve the game's end goals and objectives. The rules are the formal constraint of games. They're the aspect that often make the game challenging, non-trivial, and requires some degree of effort or thinking in order to achieve the game's objectives. The illusory attitude that players adopt acknowledges that players abide by these rules. However, these rules aren't always clear between what is expected of the designer and what is expected to play the game from other players. That means that rules can be broken down into two separate categories. Explicit rules are part of the formal elements of the game. The implicit rules are part of the social contract and the illusory attitude of the game that players adhere to when playing. Often there is a gray area that emerges from both the explicit and the implicit rules of games. That's when judgments need to be made by other players on edge cases or other interpretations between the explicit rules and player choices. Often these are handled by impartial third parties. We see these in sports with referees, umpires, and other officials who mitigate these rules, interpretations, and apply rulings that are supposed to support the integrity of the game. However, in other arenas, like in tabletop games, the inclusion of the impartial third party isn't always an option. That means that players themselves need to police their own behavior and the behaviors of their fellow players. This often gives birth to house rules or other forms of implicit social agreements that players adopt that arise from these cases. These house rules aren't necessarily a bad thing. In reality, they provide additional cultural flavor and influence that players have over a game, the combination of which affects one of the most influential areas of the illusory attitude, the mindset of each player. The illusory attitude is one of the first decisions that players make when deciding to play the game. As such, their attitude at the time of the agreement is what influences and flavors their play. 
However, this decision doesn't exist in a vacuum and isn't binary. A player can't decide to adhere to the rules of the game and immediately have fun. Instead, players also bring a playful attitude with them when they agree to play. That in turn affects the decision of other players and ultimately the player experience from which everyone benefits. There are many ways to exhibit and demonstrate this playful attitude. One of the best ways is by understanding that the game's rules form an artificial but necessary boundary between efficiency and challenge when accomplishing the game's objectives. This voluntary attempt to overcome unnecessary obstacles by Bernard Suits greatly influences this playful attitude of players in the game. This playful attitude is also what contextualizes players' decisions within the game. Without the lucidary attitude, players' decisions become objective actions without any motivation or connection. Games aren't just about the actions that individual players take. Game dynamics come from those decisions by players, with players, and inside the game. These game dynamics inform and affect the gameplay for other players. Often this comes when all players take the game seriously. That doesn't mean that they have to play competitively or that they play aggressively. Rather, they look at the game as a serious commitment to accomplishing the objectives of the game within its constraints. Because of this, it's important that games encourage, engage, and embolden players to want to win at the game. But the importance ultimately is not that players win, it's that they adhere to the common goal of winning. Through their lucidary attitude, they determine that the serious goal of winning is part of their agreement and desire to play. The lucidary agreement in games is the first really meaningful decision that players make when they decide to play the game. The lucidary attitude, on the other hand, is much more transient and can shift and change according to the player's behavior, feelings, and connection to other players and the game. The lucidary attitude is then subject to bad faith moves by players. Some of these can be more objective than others. That's when players want to maximize efficiency of actions in their attempt to adhere to the rules, but not necessarily the spirit of the game. Otherwise, players can take on a more subjective approach. This can include taking suboptimal actions that would put them in a worse or non-optimal position than their opponents. Sometimes this could be done out of frustration if players don't feel that they have the ability or agency to affect or influence the game in their favor. Sometimes these can be done out of spite. Players don't feel that their actions can help them. However, they can still act to negatively affect other players. This can happen in tabletop games when kingmaking becomes an action. A player may not be able to win, but they can influence who of the remaining players can win. This bad faith convention in the lucidary attitude affects all who play the game. This can come from more tangible outcomes such as having the game end early, prematurely, or before a really satisfying resolution. Otherwise, players could take advantage of loopholes within the game or house rules of the game to exploit an advantage that would compromise the lucidary agreement. At face value, these bad faith decisions are at the heart trust issues. The lucidary attitude is based on players trusting one another to pursue the goals of the game within its defined boundaries. If all players cannot adhere to that, then the game's integrity is at stake. And why place the integrity at stake if we cannot even enjoy the process of succeeding through inefficient means? At the most extreme end of the spectrum, these bad faith decisions result in cheating. Players completely purposefully and willfully subvert the rules of the game for their own benefit. Most gamers cannot stand cheaters because of their violation of the integrity of the game. However, all gamers shouldn't tolerate cheaters because they haven't even said yes to the most basic decision of the game, the option to play fairly with others. At its heart, the lucidary attitude and agreement is a social contract. It's an agreement made between the players and the game. It's a decision to follow the rules and put one's best effort forward into winning by accomplishing the objectives of the game. This could be through competition against one another or cooperation in order to achieve a common goal. 
The illusory attitude is contentious with players because this is often a social construct of games. There are no rule books which state that players must abide by their decision to play and engage with one another. That is already understood when they picked up the controller, the board game, or their tablet. This doesn't mean that every game, match, or interaction of the activity will be enjoyable. But we commit ourselves to experiencing this and a range of other emotions after we've decided to play. However, after we've made the decision to play, we have to continuously ask ourselves if we want to continue to play. We are often provided ways for us to continually opt into the game. Each time we agree to continue playing, we objectively and socially dedicate ourselves to the pursuit of the loosery attitude. We have to make that decision every time we want to cross into the magic circle of games. We make that decision in order to distinguish and separate ourselves from what we are here in our own reality and what we could become in the game. Each game has its own set of rules and expectations. By agreeing to play, we become ambassadors from the real world to the game world. By agreeing to play, we create personal and social meaning between us, the game, and our fellow players. This episode reviewed the loosery attitude and agreement in games. It included an overview of play in games, as well as how play informs the loosery agreement. Game rules, as well as player behaviors and attitudes were discussed, specifically how they inform players' agreement to play the game according to established rules. Player mindset also affects the loosery agreement. This can most negatively affect players making bad faith decisions in games. The episode closed on the social contract and social agreement of games and how players' choices affect their loosery attitude. I hope you found this episode useful. If you'd like to learn more, then a great place to start is with my free course on gamification. You can sign up for it at universityxp.com gamification. You can also get a full transcript of this episode, including links to references in the description or show notes. Thanks for joining me. Again, I'm your host, Dave Ang from Games Based Learning by University XP. On Experience Points, we explore different ways we can learn from games. If you like this episode, please consider commenting, sharing, and subscribing. Subscribing is absolutely free and ensures that you'll get the next episode of Experience Points delivered directly to you. I'd also love it if you took some time to rate the show. I live to lift others with learning, so if you found this episode useful, consider sharing it with someone who could also benefit. Also, make sure to visit UniversityXP online at universityxp.com. UniversityXP is also on Twitter at university underscore XP and on Facebook and LinkedIn as UniversityXP. Also, feel free to email me anytime. My email address is dave at universityxp.com. Game on.